We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. Happy Friday. It is Friday, although I guess not technically front office Friday. We didn't do a live show. We had some scheduling issues and things like that going on. So, Keith, I think we'll have to save the voice for uh, for next Friday. I agree. Yeah. Tail end of summer for for both of us, uh, kids going back to school and everything. Everything's a little, little out of whack, but we'll get back into our routine and we'll get back to front office Fridays. A couple of people uh, reached out and said, what are you guys going to cover over the next uh, couple months? Well, uh, we, we've got offseason recaps we're going to do. Mm-hmm. We'll, we're still waiting on a couple big names to maybe be traded. So, of course, we'll be all over that. And then then we're going to continue to uh, you know just work on a bunch of d- different projects and, and other Fun things we got going on, and before we know it, at the end of this month, uh, FIBA uh, World Cup will yeah. be starting up, so we'll have some uh, coverage out of that as well. So it'll be uh, be, be be fun. Plenty to keep us busy until training camp starts, uh, uh, roughly two months ish from now. Keith, I am so starved for basketball. I was all over those FIBA training camp highlights. I'm like, <laughs> yes, basketball. <laughs> were right? you were you doing the same thing? A little bit, yeah. I was I was doing that. I was also watching some. Um, I went back and was going back through some summer league stuff from guys I missed, like like roster players um, that'll be on on teams that that I missed and didn't see uh, get there. There were a couple guys who get signed uh, to camp type contracts and things that I wanted to 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 know a little bit more about and see a little bit more about. So I was tracking down summer league and G league footage and things like that to try to continue to educate myself on these new guys joining the league. So I'm and. That's first of all, you know, everybody that, that winds <laughs> up playing in, in the NBA, you know, all the summer league champions and all that kind of stuff. So it's not a surprise that you're spending your downtime going back and, and looking at, I thought you were going to say last season. No, you're looking at summer league guy. You're probably looking at the 15th man on a summer league roster. So yeah, I don't know that it was like that deep. It's sure. more guys that have a shot, real shot at the NBA, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to understand you know, a little bit more about some of these guys. That, that is, that is impressive. Um, I am the type where this time of year, like this is like it's summer, but this is NBA winter, right? Like there's, there's not a ton going on in the league for some people. It's like in this industry, it's okay. I can catch my breath. This is a relief. (laughs) This is more stressful to me than like the busy points of the regular season, because I'm like, I'm driving myself crazy going, okay, what about it? What am I going to do? What am I going to talk about? What's our show going to be about? To me, this is like the most stressful time of the year. Yeah, it definitely is. There, there's a point where 
to like you can stagger and spread things out a little bit, but you don't want to go too far with that because if you go no. too far, it gets you know you, you start to kind of lose the plot of what you're doing. Um, but you also you don't want to do the you know 50th video in a row where we talk about the heat haven't made a good enough offer for Damian Lillard. Right. Yet, right. Like, cause then eventually people are like, I'm tired of that. So yeah, I, I hear you. It gets a little tough. I, I think you're also like me in that I find comfort in my routine. So mm -hmm. like, I, I like my routine of get up in the morning. I have the games DVR that I didn't get to see the night before. I'm going to go through those. I'm going to do my depth chart updates i'm going to run through transaction stuff and all that so these yeah these dead periods get a little little tricky so so that's why i try to fill them with like i make lists of projects and over on spot track we've got some stuff coming mm -hmm. that we're going to work on that throughout the next couple of months and i'm pretty excited about it's behind the scenes for now but we'll roll it all out publicly eventually and i think it'll be new tools that'll be really cool for everybody to to work on just a little sneak peek it's going to involve roll tags for players so Ooh. if you're interested in how much do rim protectors get paid? How much do uh, three-point specialists get paid and those kind of things? You'll be able to pull that up and then uh, pull, pull it all together you know, with a couple clicks and, and see what you're looking to get. So then when people are making that statement of, you know, oh, guys, we can block shots, always get paid. Well, you could be, you'll be able to pull it up and get a sense of do they or don't they? Or you know, at least that's the hope. And then we're really going to be able to figure out which NBA position correlates directly to running backs in football. <laughs> there Once it is. That's, the that out. <laughs> That's part of the idea. You know, the NBA is, uh, it's not quite as positionally defined as, you know, football or baseball is. Right. So then we, we have to find other ways to, to delve into that. So that's what we're trying to figure out. All right. Well, we do have a little bit of news to get into today to, uh, to bounce around here. Uh, and let's start with this. This is Trenton Watford was that guy on the Blazers last year that would come in, make a few good plays, and you go, wait, who is that? Because mm -hmm. he's he was pretty good. I was surprised that the Blazers decided to let him go, but he lands with the Nets. And I think the Nets should Nets fans should feel not like you you know this is a home run superstar by any means, but this, for an August edition, this is pretty darn good for for the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, big time. I, I think, you know, Trenton Watford, for those who aren't fam familiar with him, six foot nine forward. Uh, some Trailblazers fans took to calling him Baby Draymond because they feel like he's, you know, a little bit of Draymond Green in his game. And th there's a little bit of that. He's not the defender, the ball handler, the playmaker Draymond is, but there's definitely signs of that in his game he's he's a decent scorer he's got good touch around the basket he actually stepped out last year and he made i believe it was 25 of like 60 something three pointers uh last season i remember looking that up when when uh he got waved yeah 25 of 64 three pointers so it's not the biggest sample size but it's at least trending in the right direction uh -huh. for a guy like him 72 percent from the line again not a huge sample size, only 100 free throw attempts. But what I thought was interesting is per 36 numbers, which you got to kind of be careful yeah. with, right? You, you right. can't overuse those because, you know, sometimes there's a reason why some guys only play 10, 12 minutes a game. But for him, it translates to 14 points, 7.2 rebounds, four assists and a steal per game which are pr pretty good numbers. The assists are what jumped out at me. There was points last year where Portland put the ball in his hands and really said, 
all right, be our playmaker. You know, you're you're going to do do some stuff much like a Draymond Green uh, type of situation in Golden State. And he really rose to the occasion. I think he had uh, multiple games last year. I'll look it up to to confirm um, where he had um, multiple assists in a mm. uh, game. You know, like high assist games. He had an eight assist game, a seven assist game, three six assist games. So that's pretty good for a six foot nine guy who's primarily played in and around the paint. Uh, to this point in his career. So uh, I'm enthused you know, with this addition for the Nets. It's a front court that there's good players in it, but they don't have necessarily a ton of size outside of Nick no. Claxton. Their other guys are more threes than they probably are fours or smaller fours. So I think Watford getting them this late in the game, you know, really nice pickup for them. Yeah, I think he's a nice, I mean, not a total contrast, but you've got, you know, Cam Johnson, you've got, uh, Royce O'Neal, you've got Mikhail Bridges, you get these guys who are who are good wings, but again, like you said, probably more threes than fours. And he uh, Watford has the ability to step outside, but he can also help you out a bit on the boards. And so yeah. I think it's a nice addition. Again, not expecting him to come in and get even 20 minutes a night, but just for a guy you're signing now in August, man, can't complain about that. Yeah, I also, it's weird to me that no one else jumped on this. Right? Like, like I look at even the two teams we cover, like could maybe use a guy mm-hmm. like this you know I, I think you know both of them could have used uh, another just big to kind of have in the mix there i think the lakers are trying to go for a little more four five type guy than more of a pure four which watford really is but i i think you know they could have fit in there there's you know any number of other teams i thought someone was going to claim him when he got yeah. waived, you know, we talked about it way back then and, and nobody claimed him. And that was actually kind of some somewhat of a surprise around the league. I think some other teams thought, you know, he would get claimed as well. But may, may, maybe there's just something we're seeing that everybody else is missing or maybe we're seeing something that's not really there. Uh, but but I really I think this was a good, solid pickup by the Nets, especially this, you know, like you said, this late in the game, you know, we're, we're really kind of more into the filling out the roster with camp and invites and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who should make the regular season roster and potentially be a rotation guy for the Nets. Hey, correct me if I'm wrong. This was a non-guaranteed deal, right? Yeah, we don't have the full details on it yet. It's con- But there's been some reporting out of New York that this is either non or partially guaranteed. So we'll find all that out uh, here shortly, which wouldn't be a surprise again this late in the game. That's generally what happens with a player of Watford's stature. It's not like yeah. he's P.J. Washington or Christian Wood who are established you know, NBA starters in the league or at least high-end rotation guys. He, he hasn't proven to be that, so... Yeah, probably either non-guaranteed, partially guaranteed, or it might even be non-guaranteed with like an opening night trigger or something like that. That that would be a surprise. All right, then we've got uh, unfortunate news from Montrez Harrell, ACL and meniscus tear. Now, Trez opted out of his deal with the Sixers and then wound up re-signing with the Sixers as the dust started to settle in free agency. Uh, what's the future hold for him with the Sixers now? I mean, now that he's... He's going to be done for quite a while. I don't know if it'll be quite the year, but this could knock him out for, I mean, the bulk of the season, I would assume at least. Yeah. And it never really fully cracked a permanent rotation role. Only played 57 games uh, for Philly a year ago, but, 
did kind of everything he's always done. He, you know, scored a little around the basket, rebounded, did did all the stuff that that he's been. You know, throughout the course of his career, we I know we were both very surprised when Philly mm-hmm. brought him back. We, we didn't necessarily think that was going to be a thing that they were going to do, uh, especially because then it was followed up. I believe while we were still in Las Vegas with Mo Bamba signing there, mm-hmm. uh, the Paul Reed offer sheet happened and went down. So so we're we're in a spot. Oh. Let's drop the breaking news drop. Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Urgent, but maybe not horrifying. (laughs) Yeah, not horrifying. Definitely not. Anthony Davis has agreed to a three-year, $186 million max extension. Keith, we're going to have to get into the numbers on how he can get quite to that to that number. Yep. But three-year, $186 max extension, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, tying him to the franchise through 2028 for $270 million plus when you add in the two years that are already under contract this year and next year. This is the richest extension in NBA history, according to yep. Woj. Richest, uh, I think he's what would he say, single season, right? Our richest annual extension, annual extension, two million. And that is, I someone called me out and fairly so because I, I was not clear on it when we were talking about the Jalen Brown extension. When I said, you know, hey, Anthony Davis could you know top this within you know a couple you know week here or so because we had heard that this was coming down, down the line, um, here and that was one where. When when I said that, that's what I meant. I meant the single season amount. I did not mean the full because right. obviously he's not he he still got two years under contract. So yeah, I mean this is what they could give him. This was the absolute max that they they could get him to. Now that'll be if the cap goes up ten percent, and if it goes up ten percent again, cool. um, that's where that number will start at. So there's there's always a little bit of play in there on these things with Davis, but he's gonna get you know the big bump um you know with his salary uh, coming off. Well, what will happen is because um, this word says through 2028, that means he had the option. He could have declined next year's player option and then added years onto that. But what he's going to do here with the way this is worded, at least, is he's going to exercise next year's player option. Mm-hmm. Then his extension will be built off of that number, that 43.2 million. And then that will give him the three more years, which will give him the full five years that he could get with the Lakers. So that's what, you know, they're, they're going forward. And this became a far more likely outcome for the Lakers when they re-signed Austin Reeves to his contract, when they re-signed Rui Hachimura, when they re-signed Gabe Vincent, because the Lakers could have flipped it and gone into next summer with a whole bunch of cap space if they thought Davis was going to opt out and James would opt out and go from there. But this clearly says let's uh, let let's go you know forward with this. And hopefully I've riffed long enough now for you to uh, finish typing and sending off missives to get uh, get get folks working because I know you've got Lakers stuff moving now. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> we we got to we'll get this all rolling on the the Lakers side of things. But so this is another example where. When the news is coming from an agent, which, you know, Woj specifies this is, this is coming from Rich Paul. Sometimes the number that gets put out there, (laughs) they are a little bit misleading because they, everybody wants, you want the shock value to be, oh my gosh, that agent got him that much money. That's amazing. Right? Like that's what they want. But 
keep in mind, we don't know, are there incentives in there? We don't know. Uh, again, is this assuming the cap goes up 10% each and every year, which right now the projection is not that it's going to for next year. So these are just things to keep in mind before you freak out with sticker shock or anything like that. But Keith, um, what do you, I've talked a lot about this on, on Lakers nation that I think this is the move the Lakers need to make, not just for right now, but in terms of their future flexibility, where even if next summer LeBron in 2024 does not pick up his player option and decides I'm going to walk away and he goes and he plays God willing with Bronny. Hopefully he, Bronny can continue playing. We don't know what that situation is. Yeah. That's got to be figured out first and foremost, but should the Lakers be presented with a situation next summer where they're at a crossroads, having Anthony Davis under contract as a, is a good thing in my mind, even if you decide you need to go into a rebuild because you could flip him for assets at that point, or you could rebuild your roster around him. I think it actually helps you preserve flexibility rather than just locking you into a cap space course should um, the Lakers wind up losing LeBron next summer. So that's the way I've looked at this, that this is a good thing, both in terms of certainty for the future and stability, but also for flexibility as well. Do you uh, agree with that assessment or how do you see this, this deal for the Lakers? I, I do. I, I think it's um what, what... To, to your point, what becomes really important in this situation with, with the Lakers is you you have to prepare for a post-LeBron future at some point, right? We're, we're, we're no longer where we could continue to make the jokes of LeBron might play till he's 55 years old, right? Like we can see there's clearly breakdowns coming in his physical ability in his game and those things. And to your point, we, we don't know what's going to happen with Bronny. Hopefully – we're seeing more and more guys get back to playing their sports after these things that would have ended careers when we were younger. There would have been no question of you, you had a heart attack. You're not playing again. Like it's done. Mm -hmm. You know, and now we're seeing guys get back to playing again and, you know, playing contact sports even and those kind of things. So hopefully, you know, all the best to Bronny and hopefully that happens and him and LeBron do share a court somewhere together in the NBA eventually. But with Anthony Davis, taking that out of the equation to some extent, because you can't fully, obviously, right? It's He's still a big part of the Lakers, meaning LeBron. So with Anthony Davis, what you've done is you're good now through the next two seasons, the season coming up and the one after that. Now what you have is you have either, hey, we've got our star in place and we're building everything around Anthony Davis to a lesser extent, Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura, Gabe Vincent, because those are the other guys that are under contract after a couple more years. But what you can, that's an easy sell to a lot of guys. Anthony Davis, it gets forgotten because we have to qualify everything with him when healthy. Yeah. Right? Right. And that is a fair qualifier because he does miss time, but he's awesome. Like he is so good when he plays. And it's not like when he plays is in Ben Simmons territory of when he plays. Like the, 15 games he plays a season, he's great. Or Zion Williamson territory. Like he still plays the you know bulk of the games. And he's still there when it when it matters most, right? He was still there in the playoffs. So I think what we're at now is you can go forward in a in two years. So I'm gonna just assume this upcoming season, the season after, LeBron's there and you're capped out. You are what you are. In a couple of years, you're gonna have AD at probably let's call it 55 to 58 million. It's going to be in that range. That's, and I'm just, I'm doing very quick math off the top of my head. I haven't sure. sat down and plugged this in, but it'll be in that range. 
you've got you know uh, Reeves at 13ish million, Hachimura 17ish million, Vincent 11ish million. So you're going to have enough space to go chase somebody and add somebody and you've got Davis in place. Now let's go kind of the the non-preferred route and everything kind of goes south here. Well, he's still signed and now he's tradable and you can move him. And no one's going to balk at, oh, you know, that's too much money for Anthony Davis, barring the outcome of, hey, you can't get through more than a 35-40 game season and then he falls apart. Then, yeah, then that becomes a whole thing. But as long as he's moderately healthy and a team can talk themselves into it, that's still a very easily tradable number. And they can cash in and kind of, hey, all right, we're going to kick off whatever our next iteration is by moving him for whatever we get in return for it and just kind of restart the process that way. So I think what this does for the Lakers is this gives them certainty of, now we're kind of, we can choose our own adventure here, right? We, we can either move forward with AD as a big part of it, or we, we can move forward with, hey, if we have to, we can trade him if, if, if need be down the line. If only there was a way to really choose your own adventure in the NBA. Like, True. should we trade for Russell Westbrook? Let's flip ahead to this page. Oh, no, quick. Right? Good thing we held the page. <laughs> turn back, turn back. Right. Were you that kid in the choose your own adventure? Yes. Like you held your page. I, I cheated 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. I held the page. Oh no. My, my knight went into the dungeon and died. People who didn't grow up in the eighties have no idea what we're talking about. Right I just now. said, and once again, Trevor and Keith have showed their age on the, <laughs> on the front office show talking about books from the 1980s. Yes. Actual physical books, not a, right. not, not a web web page click through thing. Choose your own adventure books for anybody. Go look them up. And they were fun. They or were basically you read what, like five, six pages of a book. Then it gave you a choice. And then it would tell you, all right, if you're going down the right-hand trail, you know, uh, flip to page 58. If you're going down the left-hand trail, flip to page 87. And then you would just continue to choose your own adventures. And it generally ended up in some kind of gruesome, horrible thing, or you were the hero of the story and you, you yep. made it there. But yeah, man, choose your own adventure books were amazing. They were. They were. But again, the ability to go back. Yes. Was, that was the best part. But <laughs> nonetheless, I, I think this is a, a good adventure to take here here for the Lakers. I think it's a good move. And I think it's a good move for Anthony Davis as well. Um, potentially, he could have waited until next summer, could have bet on himself, so to speak, and you know tried to opt out next summer and then cash in at that point. But given his injury history, if you could lock up this kind of money right now, do it. Um, just get it done. And now you've got this. You've it, we talk about certainty for the Lakers. This is certainty for Anthony Davis as well. So I think this is a good move uh, on the part of, uh, of both AD and the Lakers. Agreed. And uh, our, our buddy Bobby Marks comes through uh, with the whiteboard breakdown here. Uh, and he basically lays out that this is being based off of a 10% cap increase in both 24-25 and 25-26. So, so for Davis to get the maximum, which this is being represented as, of 57.6 million, and remember I said between 55 and yep. 58, um, it, for him to get that in 25-26, the cap would have to go up 10% next year. doesn't matter for Davis's salary next year because he's already locked in at 43.2. But then he needs it to go up another 10% um, on top of that. So 10, 10% each of the next two seasons. Mm-hmm. And then that allows him to get up to the his new max salary, which would be 57.6 million. And then it would roll forward from there. So that's that's where that's at. Just because a p- couple people asked 
based off the Jalen Brown extension. Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns are in the same boat. Davis will be in this. When we drop this in a spot track, we will base it off of what the cap increase is projected at from the league for next year, which is only the modest 4.4%. Then we will update as we know Adjust. more. But we, we stick with what the official is from the league unless we have you know, real reason to believe that's not where it's going to go. So right. that's where this is at with AD. It's also, I know some people I'm already seeing reaction on Twitter where they're like, Hey man, he got, you know, AD just got a $270 million uh, contract. You know, with this kind of, he already had mm. 90 million coming his yeah. way. So it's really three years, 190 million, 186, whatever works out to in new money, if it ends up there, but regardless, you know, great deal for him. I'll be curious to see if that final season is a player option or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if it was. The Lakers have been pretty uh, amenable to giving guys player options in the past. It wouldn't shock me if that's where that goes. But all that will come out in due time. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. So Anthony Davis back with the Lakers. We I thought we maybe a couple of weeks before we got this news, but there it is. It's done. He is sticking around with the Lakers, or at least under contract. Never know in today's NBA, but under contract now for an extra three years. So five years total. Anthony Davis is now under contract with the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, Keith, there was a, another player that we want to talk about. And that was Derek White from the Boston Celtics, also talking about an extension. Yeah. Uh, on a future show, we need to talk a little bit about some other extension guys, and we'll get to that yeah. when, we, when we have time. But some guys like Jared Vanderbilt, players like that around the league. But but Derek White, particularly saying it would be cool to extend when, in Boston, what does his situation look like? Yeah, Derek White did NBA Today. It was a couple days ago now. Uh, one, Derek White did it with a completely shaved down to the skin bald head uh which were a bunch of people were like whoa what happened right because he's had that kind of unique uh blown out hairstyle for uh the entirety of his career but you know now shaved head 
Derek White starting off fresh for this year. And he basically said, yeah, I'd be cool to extend with the Celtics. So he's going to be extension eligible. He does have two years left under his, his current contract. So he's got uh, this upcoming season at, uh, let me check. I think it's about, yeah, it's 18.4 million. Then next year at about 19.6 million. So the Celtics, you know, presumably would love to have him back. They, they, uh, got rid of Marcus Smart this this summer in a trade that brought in Kristaps Porzingis. They've already announced Joe Mazzulla said Derek White will be the team's starting point guard going into next season. So uh, I would think they'd like to do what they can to kind of get him locked up as well. You're, you're already basically locked in because everybody, you know, clearly we're making some assumptions here but that Jason Tatum's going to sign the Supermax when he's mm-hmm. eligible, but he'll wait a year so then he can add the longest amount of time until uh, he can do that or longest amount of years to, to his deal rather with five. Um, and the reason why it's five with those guys, because it's the designated uh, veteran deal. So they can add that extra year onto it and take it out to five years. So that's, that's what we'll see likely coming with, with Jason Tatum. You're already locked in with him and Jalen Brown. Might as well lock the other guys up. Kind of, well. if you're in for for a penny, you're in for a pound, right? And just you know, go go expensive and figure it out, and kind of have that certainty of all right, we've got our new kind of core of Tatum, Brown, Porzingis, and White locked in, and then everything else floats and revolves around those guys. So yeah. I think that'll get done probably, you know, maybe a little bit later this summer, and you know, go go from there. And again, it goes back to that concept of down the road, you know, if you were to lose him to free agency or so you can't replace him when you're the sign exactly. in, in Texas. So it's, it doesn't make sense to, to yeah. risk that. So be, that'll be another one to watch to see if an extension does get done. Uh, a couple other minor stories for us to get now, into. Let's go back. I want to, we, we got, we yeah. poor Montrez Harrell oh, completely bumped we, off the face of the Montrez Harrell, <laughs> like his knee gets all torn to shreds and, and <laughs> then he gets upstaged by Anthony Davis. Yeah. So uh, the word is that the 76ers are going to keep Trez. They're not going to cut him yeah. to open up the roster spot here. I don't recall the deal being non-guaranteed. It is not. It's fully so guaranteed. They be, so they're paying yeah. him regardless. Uh, but they're not going to cut him in order to open up the roster spot. That to me suggests that maybe there's some hope that he comes back. I haven't seen anything official on whether or not he can come back this season. But that yeah. at least presents some hope that, that he can. Um, or at least as we talked about. Throw into a trade too. I hate to True. make it about that, but you could do that if you needed to down the line. And as we talked about, at least this was a position of extreme depth for the yes. 76ers. Uh, they brought in Mobamba, yep. they brought brought back Paul Reed. So it's not like right now they're saying, Oh my gosh, we have to go scramble and find a center now. Yeah, that 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 part of it is absolutely big for for Philly. And you know, Paul Reed has talked a lot about how he's been taking a lot of jumpers and he wants to try to play more at the four, um, play next to to Joel Embiid at times and those kind of things. We'll see. I mean, that's summertime talk is a lot of stuff with that. Did you see the video circulating from Team USA basketball practice? Gotta be 20, 30 years ago of Shaq shooting jumpers over Scottie Pippen and Gary Payton. I didn't see it, but I, I've seen a lot of stuff like that in, in the yeah. past. You know, it's and he's I like mean, knocking them down with ease, and people are it, like he's yeah. scoring on two of the best defenders, and it's like, yeah, neither guy really pressed up into his dribble. So, part know, of maybe, of Dwight okay. Howard's <laughs> warm up routine before every yes. game was threes, was to shoot threes. Yeah. That was just a normal part of his routine, and people would see him hitting threes, and they're going, "Oh my gosh, this guy's a great three point shooter too. Why don't they let him do this?" It's very different when you've got a defender on you. That was just part of his warm-up. But when you're yeah. in a game situation, it's it's very different. So you're right. Paul Reed playing next to Embiid. All right, maybe. But we'll see what it looks like actually in a game situation 
NBA level defense, is, is that still something that that's workable? We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Notable uh, curmudgeon of a coach, Scott Skiles, when he coached the Magic, used to say all the time, yeah, anybody can make them at 5 o'clock when you're warming up in an empty arena without the lights all on yet. It's, you know, when the lights are on and the seats are full, what can you do at 7 o'clock when we tip it off? So that was his kind of way of saying, I don't really care if they're making a bunch of threes when no one's in the building yet. So uh, assist yeah. king scott skiles not yes. not not one for uh for giving any any, no, <laughs> any he, friendly words there yeah he he, he was a grump uh to, <laughs> to put it lightly uh as the coach he, he did a decent job uh coaching the magic under tough circumstances but but he, he was not the uh, most pleasant of people to deal with at all times i'll leave it at that all right let's jump over to frank nilakina landing with the hornets Mm-hmm. Um, he's bounced around a bit in the league, but if you're the Hornets, yeah, I mean, take a chance on a, on a veteran here and sure. kind of round out your, your guard rotation, I suppose. Um, yeah, it sounds like it's going to be partially guaranteed. Yeah. He's basically the replacement for what Dennis Smith jr. Was for them last year, kind of come in, maybe earn a spot and see, see where it goes. Um, then you know, we'll, 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 we'll see. They've got you know, Lamelo hopefully healthy and ready to go to start the season. You still got Terry Rozier in the mix there. Bryce McGowan's has played in on-ball role quite a bit in the G League for them, and some in Charlotte. So, so we'll see. But they they definitely had room for one more guard, and why not with Nilakina? That's kind of my feeling. You had an open roster spot, bring him in, give him a shot. It worked out with Dennis Smith Jr. He you know turned that into a ideally probably a much bigger role uh, with Brooklyn. I think I said on the show that I think there's a chance he's going to be the starting point guard for mm-hmm. the Nets by the end of the season. Um, I think Smith, uh, you know, will, will earn that role. Um, but, you know, going back to the Hornets, it's interesting. I had a conversation with someone with the Hornets because I was doing some offseason work. And I said, is Brandon Miller going to start? And the initial response was, well, yeah, he's the number two pick. So then I flipped it to, well, who gets bounced from the starting five? Because this is without P.J. Washington factored yeah. in. You're going to have a center out there, right? It's probably going to be Mark Williams, uh, last year's first rounder. Miles Bridges is back. You've got Gordon Hayward still. you got Terry Rogier. you got LaMelo Ball. And then if P.J. Washington is back, one of those guys already needs to go to the bench. And that two of them would need to go to the bench for uh, Brandon Miller to start. So when I, when I kind of turned it around, they were like, yeah, that's a good question. Well, well, yeah. Then it turned into the coach speak of, you know, and this was not a coach to be clear, but coach speak of, although you know, it'll, it'll play out and guys will fight right and training camp preseason and all that kind all of that stuff. Yep. But but it, 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 it was in, you know it was at least an interesting conversation because it's it's not as cut and dry because mm-hmm. you know it's you know those are guys that all deserve to play and I know probably the easy answer for most people is. Well, it's probably Gordon Hayward goes to the bench, but that's your $30 million guy coming off the bench. That feels a little awkward and weird. So just, you know, kind of interesting to me to see how that plays out. Obviously, it'll be a little bit because Miles Bridges is going to miss some time at the beginning of the year. And let's face it, they'll probably have an injury by the time he's out or he's returning and then it'll kind of go wherever it goes. So the problem can solve itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. We are all getting excited for FIBA coming up, the World Cup coming up at the end of the month here, especially those of us who are basketball starved. But what we are not super excited about, everybody who has a player on Team USA or any other team for that matter, is terrified of injury. And Luca banged knees. Uh, It sounds like he's going to be okay, but this is the kind of thing that... People are worried about, again, excited to see these guys play, but this is why 
fans in some cases are crossing their fingers and hoping their guy does not make it on to their national team for fear of each. Although I still don't think the risk is any greater than the pickup games that they're getting involved in anyway, but nonetheless it's, it's out there. And Luca, a guy of his caliber already getting a little banged up is not going to do anything to calm nerves. Yeah. And it's, it's always interesting because you get the one side that says, I don't want my guy going that hard, right? They're going harder in this than they do. That tells me the people who say that they haven't necessarily seen some of these pickup runs because they they play hard Mm -hmm. in those. They play harder in those than they do in like the pro-ams and those kind of things. And we saw in the pro-am last year, Chet Holmgren got hurt and missed his entire rookie season. So these guys are going to play. They're going to play somewhere. A lot of teams prefer the structure of FIBA where it is, hey, a coach can say, uh, hey, we're going to go through a very light practice today. Whereas if you're just kind of playing pickup on your own, you could play five days in a row, hard pickup and go through it that way. And it's like, yeah, let's, you know, structure it up. But yeah, Luca Bing knees towards the end of the first half, did not come back in in the second half. That was reportedly planned. This was only an exhibition game. He wasn't supposed to come back. So so he is, uh, you know, we're, yeah, by all accounts, he's going to be okay. and It'll be just fine. But yeah, that was a little scary. But his teammate with Slovenia and a key rotation guy, looks like for this year for the Denver Nuggets, Vlako Chanchar, he landed very awkwardly on a dunk in the first half. I think it was in the first half of that same game and rolled his ankle. But what was scary was he rolled the ankle but grabbed at his knee. Um, and he was actually carted off the court. And that's not great because, uh, you know, for the Nuggets, he's somebody with some of their departures this offseason, namely especially Jeff Green. They were looking for him to maybe step in and play some more minutes uh, for them. He's been a guy who's done some stuff when given chances in the past. So, you know, Slovenia, you know, be, be careful out there with, mm-hmm. with these guys. And, you know, we're going to hope for the best. And, you know, hopefully Chanchar will be okay. But we saw last year, you know, Boston lost Danilo Gallinari to a torn ACL. Um, you know, and he never never get a chance to actually suit up and play uh, for the Celtics because then he was traded in the uh, uh, Porzingis deal. So, you know, that's just part of what comes with the territory in the summer. Yep. So fingers crossed, hopefully injuries get shut off. Um, FIBA World Cup coming up. Keith, I don't know about you. Like I watched those, the clips, the highlights going around and stuff like that. And it's a different ball. Like yes. that's very, it's, it's very noticeable. It's a different ball. <laughs> yep. But to me, and I need to talk to some of the players and see if they, cause I've heard players say, oh, it's just, you know, it's no big deal. It's just an adjustment or whatever. I need to find out though. Cause my impression, whenever I watch FIBA play or international play, it's always, and this is just, just eye test, and that's and nothing more. My impression is always that the ball looks uncomfortable in NBA players' hands. Like it doesn't look right. It looks like they don't handle the same way. It doesn't sit on the rim the same way as an NBA NBA ball does. I'm curious, and I noticed that again while watching the clips that are going around of Team USA. I wonder how big of a difference that that really is for these guys. Because again, watching it, it does not look right to me. Yeah, you've heard guys talk about it in the past that it takes a while to get used to it. They, a couple have called it either slippery. Some have called it, say it feels like it plays almost flat um, in the past. Now, they probably have changed the ball since the last World Cup and since the last Olympics and those kind of things. But, yeah, NBA players are super predict- or, uh, picky, I guess, about the ball. Like They, they, they want the, the ball that they want. I mean, remember when the NBA – Try to change the ball. Oh, like uh, the synthetic you know, several ball. Several years ago, and then Remember it was like, cutting oh, Steve it, Nash's fingertips. Yep, 
yeah, yeah. get this thing out of here go back and they they did go like find like balls that had like been put in storage and again yeah. to go back to playing in these pickup runs and that a lot of these guys make sure there's an actual nba ball at those those runs that they they like to play with it they're super particular about it and who is it right if you played enough you know here here's you know let's be real hoopers here for a minute if you played enough basketball you you know i always liked the outdoor runs when the one dude showed up with like a really nice indoor ball and he didn't care about ruining it on the outdoor court yeah it's like oh man we're using this all day long then because it just it feels different it feels better in your hands you know, I, I like the wide channels, you know, for, for the grooves. Yes, you know, the, the Wilson ball that had yeah. those. Yep. Yeah, I, I like those. But, yeah, man, that, uh, you know, th- those are always, you know, it, it does make a huge difference. So, yeah, I'm with you. My big thing that I love in the FIBA rules that I wish they'd bring to the NBA, I wish they'd let them take the ball right off the rim. Yes. You know, for Just, yep. you know, I think it would clean everything up, make everything easier. No, it doesn't allow for goaltending. That's no. not what this is. You can still get called for goaltending in the FIBA game, but just, you know, when a ball's on the rim, you can just take it off and or put it back in on offense too, one way or the other. It just, I think it would just make everything easier and flow better, but, but they, they, they don't do that. So it is what it is, but yeah, FIBA world cup starts uh, three weeks from today is uh opening day. Games mm-hmm. will be early. They're all morning games. So you're, you're going to have to be up early, especially on the East coast and, Maybe up late, I guess, on the West Coast. And if you've been watching the, the Women's World Cup soccer, maybe you just you know try to force yourself to stay up and flow right into into this yep. one because the latest tip off, Canada France on opening day. That's at nine thirty in the morning Eastern. So uh, so every, everything else is is starting early. Uh, That's the that. latest tip off. That is the latest tip off. Nine thirty oh in the morning. Gosh, I wouldn't even be up for that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Team USA tip off on uh, Saturday the twenty sixth. The second day is at eight forty in the east, eight forty a.m. Eastern. So holy moly! So, yeah, yep, yep. It's uh, yeah, the, these are early games. Start as early as four a.m. in the morning. So uh, all so, right, yeah. all right. Energy drinks it is. We'll we'll power <laughs> through. Awesome. All right. Well, I should, man. Yeah, I should probably go run and, and talk about Anthony Davis. Yeah, you should. Like ten more times. Um, so I'm going to do that, but eh, this was fun. You know, we thought there wasn't going to be a ton of stuff going on and it's always great when we get, uh, breaking news, yeah, it is. um, you know, mid, mid show, always a good time. And you know what we say, if you complain that the breaking news drop is too loud, you're too old. You're too old. That's right. That's right. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Make sure you do subscribe right here to the NBA front office show on YouTube, as well as the podcast feed over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to podcasts. Till next time, see ya and stay safe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.